What's up? My name is CJ Finley, and this is the Thrive on Life podcast. I started a brand called Thrive on Life to help other mission-based people, brands, and businesses thrive. Each week, we interview people on topics of business, health, relationships, mindset, and much more to help us thrive in all areas of life. If the messages in this podcast resonate with you, but you're still feeling a little bit stuck in actually implementing these ideas, I'd love to help you on a more personalized level or connect you with somebody that can. So please reach out. Also, if you've got a friend who you know could benefit from hearing this episode, please share the love with them. My goal is always to spread positive impact through the sharing of knowledge, and I would be honored if you could help me achieve this goal. Today's guest is John Scotty, literally one of the most genuine and kind souls I have ever met. He's an expert at his craft, which includes photography, videography, and all things creative. But even more important than his expertise, John represents what it means to be a good friend, community advocate, and mentor to all those around him. He's not only focused on growing his skills and achievements, he wants to help others do the same. These are just a few reasons we are so lucky to work closely with him at Thrive HQ. So please give a warm welcome to one of the Austin's best, John Scotty. All right, we're live with Mr. John Scotty in the house at the Thrive HQ. I've been super excited for this conversation all summer, and we finally linked up and got you on the podcast. How are you doing today, John? I'm doing great, CJ. Um, Just want to say I super appreciate you giving me the opportunity to be on this podcast because before I knew you personally, and I just knew of this larger than life character cj finley i'm <laughs> like this guy is running the game and i knew you mostly because of your podcast and so to have listened for the past year really and finally be on here uh it's a major milestone so thank you no i appreciate it and it's funny because uh you work closely with the person that i had on this first Fayez uh, from Prep Dura. So John does a lot of work in videography. I'll let him speak to you that. But I really want to get into this first question because we had an awesome conversation before we were chatting As uh, always. right now. Yeah, it's, it's always good talking with you. For those that don't know, John is like one of the best known people here in Austin, Texas for being one of the, honestly, the nicest people I've ever met in my life. So right, I'm you. really looking forward to this combo. And the first question that I'd love to dig into is one of the questions that I ask most of my clients. And it's something that I think we all should be asked when we're younger, more direct questions like this, where you are trying to build a business and there's only so many hours in a day, right? To get things done and to do the craft or create the thing and service the clients, get new clients. There's so much that goes into it. And we all need to have a better understanding of ourselves. For entrepreneurs, that question is, do you want to be the practitioner? So in John's case, he is a videographer. Do you want to be the best videographer in the world? Or do you see yourself becoming more of a serial entrepreneur type, creative type, where you're bringing other people into your endeavors. So I posed John with this before he got on and it was such a good response that I wanted to give it to you guys. So I'll let him take it from here. That's a great question to ask, especially someone like myself who's in the creative industry. And it's not a question that's really highly promoted as something that creators should answer. Because I know myself, I didn't plan to be here. If you asked me five years ago, where do you see yourself in five years? I wouldn't have said here. 
So there's this sense of like, well, I'll just go with the flow and kind of just keep on cruising by. But I think that that can only last so long before you're like, okay, what am I really doing? What am I working toward? Things that I'm dedicating myself to right now. Is this what I want to do for the rest of my life? And I think I'm at the point now where I'm really asking myself that question in large part because you asked me and I'm like, well, dang, that's a good question. I don't even know. So if I had to pick, do I want to be the practitioner or the entrepreneur? In my case, I think I see myself really being more the entrepreneur because I love creating. I love what I do. I love this creative industry and I want to be in this industry forever. What I love equally as much is the people who I'm around. If you ask me, where do I see myself in five years? I could tell you more clearly the people I see myself around in five years. And it's people, it's the yous of the world, the people who are just go-getters, very passionate, inspirational, positive people who are working toward a common goal. That's been one of the more consistent themes of my life that I've been like, this is comfortable. This is what I, this is what I am seeking. I mean, from back when I was like a college kid working at Chick-fil-A, I learned a lot about myself as honestly like a business person or a leader or my role in a team, a team of very diverse people. Because like we were talking a little bit earlier and I was telling you like a bit about my college experience and how what I was doing, like the one thing I was doing the most in college was working at Chick-fil-A. My, but that was like the whole year I was 19. I was there. Yeah, and you became manager, right? I was, like, I was hired on as the manager. Wait, they hired you directly to be the manager? I was, I was hired <laughs> on as the manager. And oh, I, yeah. It was gnarly. It was insane. I really just enjoyed the people I was around. And that was like the biggest motivator for me. I was like, I am having a good time around people I enjoy. And honestly, I was like, I, I was saying no to like parties and tailgates because I'm like, oh, I have a shift at Chick-fil-A. And people are like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I would rather honestly be there. Yeah. And it's all due to the people I was around. I feel like any experience really in large part comes down to the people you're around, you know, whether you're on vacation or whether you're just at an office, whether you're in school, like the teachers who I've had in certain classes made the difference. In, did I like that class or not? Did I learn from that class or not? It comes down to the people you're around. So, I know the kind of people who I want to be around. And honestly, I can tell you that better than I can tell you what we'll be doing. But I can tell you that it will be something creative. Right now, I think what I'm doing is working. I'm a creative entrepreneur. I'm a videographer. I'm a photographer. And I'm able to... I've been growing pretty well. And I think the question that you proposed to me is like, yeah, but you're growing, you're moving, but where are you going? And is it where you want to go? Yeah, because the thing is, growth is a funny thing. Yeah. To some people, growth is end-all, be-all, but then they're left with, wow, this is really empty because it wasn't even in the lane that I wanted to be. So a good example is like Michael Jordan, right? Yeah. He reached the pinnacle of an athletic career. And at the pinnacle of his career, he switched to baseball. Yeah. Most people are like, why the hell would the best – basketball player in the world in his prime go play baseball well the reason is his pinnacle in his head was his father was murdered the summer before and he said in his head his dad used to go to his baseball games and he loved baseball 
but he never got to fulfill that dream of being a baseball player with his dad coming out. Second thing was he wanted to be a noob again because in his eyes, like this life experience, like we all need to be selfish and realize like, okay, he won three championships. He's like, I already know what it's like to win a championship, but I don't know what it's like to go play baseball and be a complete beginner. Yeah. So he had this vision in his head is like what his life looks like and what the growth trajectory looks like of his own life. And he went after that. But a lot of people would have just kept playing, even though deep down they know that that's not fulfilling them. That does a disservice to the entire universe, just like we were talking about before this. And that's why I pose that question because if you want to be the best coach in the world or the best videographer, the best practitioner, that's what I call him, like a doctor, like you're very skilled in this one way, your lifestyle is going to be completely different than if you want to be the entrepreneur who creates the idea, but then you fill the different seats with other people in it and you get off on people being filled into those seats and fulfilling their own missions. That's the entrepreneur's journey versus the coach's journey is like, I just want to help as many players get to the NBA as possible. Yeah. So for you, when it's said like that, I think that I resonate more with the person who, and I guess there are really no wrong answers because everyone's role is important. Exactly. I really like being the person who lowers the ladder for other people to more easily climb up. You said a really good point where you're like, when I help people, like I, you know, you're talking about how, you know, you've learned a lot in the last five years that you want to tell people five years younger than you use my pain as your gain. Like my five years of pain or your five years of gain. I want to be that for people below me because people above me were that to me. They exactly. lowered the ladder and they're like, Hey, you want to do this? Let's get you up there. Let's, let's get you in this world and let's get you like seeing what it's like and how you like it. And it was so monumental to me to just be on photo and video sets. Like even if I'm just changing a lens or holding a reflector, even if I'm getting paid 50 bucks an hour just to assist, just to, you know, whatever, be there with my camera, but just seeing that world. And I was like, this is something that people can do and make a career out of. And it's awesome. Like, this is so cool. I was like, dude, this is it. And, you know, I really get fulfillment off of finding people who are similar to me, maybe working a job that you're not super passionate about, knowing that you want to be a creative entrepreneur, you want to go this route, and basically being the bridge that gets them from, um, you know, their current reality to their dream. That is something that I'm really passionate about. And that's why I think as much as I love being the practitioner, I love being hands-on, making the video and seeing firsthand this idea come to life in a visual format. Dopest thing ever. Love it. But I think that I'm probably more fulfilled when I can be the catalyst that gives someone else that experience. Where like I was able to allow this person to shoot something professionally or fulfill their artistic passion and get paid for it. You know, even if I'm just like a small factor and I'm like, I, I, maybe I can't give you the 10 K budget right now and go shoot your own thing. But I have this project I'm working on right now. Do you want to come just hold my deflector, uh, or backup shoot for me? Just like I was backup shooting for other people. And it gave me exposure into this world that I was like, this is the right world for me. But it's because I was around people. I was like, this community just does that for people. Yeah. They, this is a community that lowers the ladder, that opens up and brings people in. And it's like, 
I want to be one of these guys. Like these people are the people I look up to. The way, the way that I think about it is just like we all get in a bus and you don't know where the destination is, but you don't care. Rather than, hey, I'm flying, I'm flying to Bali, Snapchatting and Instagramming and flying to Bali, but then you're there alone. You get there alone. What is more fun? What, what is more, I mean, some people might That's say so being true. alone in Bali, but like for me, it's like, I'd rather get in a bus with my homies and I don't even know where the destination is, but I know it's just going to be a hell of a time. Right. And that started, I think like for me, it was sports where like we would get on a bus and like we would go play team and that go play another team and come back. And once I got out of that world, like you get thrown into the real world and you're just alone. And what I want to tell you is what you just said, that connects you and I so well because that's what it's happening right now for me, like podcasting, right? Like seeing you light up on a podcast where I'm like, damn, John needs to do this way more. Like if y'all could see him, like this man is going places. He can model, he can video, he can do photo, he can edit, he can do audio. Like <laughs> you can do, you can skateboard, he can one wheel. Like the man caught me literally jumping off of an e-foil board so that people that don't understand this an e-foil is like a surfboard that i you have a trigger and you can like go on it's flat like water motorized, motorized. Yeah. this man was in a kayak literally filming me jumping off this e-foil like he does it all and the coolest thing for me to hear is that's exactly what i try to do for other people and it fuels me up knowing that other people want to do the same thing my question is, I know why I do it. I know where it comes from in my life. For you, is there a point in your life that it stemmed from? Is it innate? Like, mm. do you remember like a, a point in your life? Like for me, and I'll give you an example so okay. that way you can understand. I think I understand, I, but I want to hear your example. I got a I got a college scholarship and it was from a family who built a real estate business and they built it up so much that they could give like 20 scholarships a year. They brought me to a banquet I was at the banquet. They give you another check at the banquet and they say, go spend this on your passions, right? That was the first time in my life where I was like a random person, like other than like coaches and, and people like that. I'm talking like completely random, never met them a day in my life, gave me a scholarship, wrote me a check and was like, I believe in you to go do something. They lowered the ladder at that point. And from that moment on, like I was 19 years old, 18 years old. I told myself, when I build things, I'm going to do whatever it takes to do the same thing for other people because I can't repay back the 50K that they spent on college on me just yet. Maybe one day I can do that, but how can I help right now? Like I can lower that ladder. I love how you just said that. So that kind of like was a changing point in my life. I'd love to know that for you or if it started when you started walking around as a little baby. That's a great question. I Okay, so I've always had a really deep interest in people and and i and when did that start that you could reflect and know that i know I, childhood I, i'll just say like in childhood i just had like a deeper interest in people and, and more specifically what creates this completed picture that we see like use yourself for example like cj finley is a completed person but i just have this interest in breaking down the puzzle pieces and seeing you for almost like deconstructed like oh okay he was born here. His upbringing was like this. He was always been the captain of the sports team. He went to college. He got a job. He realized that his job wasn't fulfilling him. So he got rid of it all, started from scratch, and built something he was super passionate about. Thrive on Life started because his wife's dad had a heart attack, and it made him realize that every heartbeat counts. 
So he's super passionate because he has a perspective that tells him at any moment, this time that we're given can be taken away. So make the most of it while you have it because the next second, the next heartbeat's never guaranteed. And I just, I love doing that for people. And I see everyone for these individual puzzle pieces. And then you put the pieces back together. And it's like, okay, now I understand you, you know? They, I, I don't know. I, I've always been like interested in people. So it's the way like you analyze, you're, you're yeah. like almost like a people engineer where you're like super. That sounds anal- cool. <laughs> yeah, like, maybe it's a new job. You could, I feel like you'd be great in like head of culture or something <laughs> companies. Um, it's a new thing these days because yeah. obviously hiring is a major thing and getting the right people in, in the right seats and, and building them up. Uh, I could definitely see you in that in the future. But yeah, I mean, the way that you broke that down, I feel like you just broke that down better than I could break that down for myself, Yeah, which is really cool. But I think that you probably do something similar where like times you'll ask me like, so how many like siblings do you have? Or what was your upbringing like? What was it like living in Hampton Roads, Virginia? You went to school by the water? Oh, what's Norfolk, Virginia? Like I ask similar questions like that because I'm genuinely interested in this figure as the pieces that compose this whole figure. So I ask these same exact, because I just want to understand people. Maybe that's what it is. I just really want to like get to the root of, of people. Why is it like, I can attest to, I am like that as well. And I like to know about people and where they come from and where they grew up. And I think for me, it's like, selfish gets a bad, a bad rap. The world is sel- the word selfish, right? And I think everyone needs, especially during this time and COVID, everybody needs to be more selfish and focus on how can they improve themselves? Because the way to make the world better is to just be better yourself and then spread that. So one of the things that I always realize for me to get better is I learn the most from other people. Like I read and I take courses and whatever, but there's no way that I could have lived in Hampton, Virginia when I was living in New Jersey. So the best way for me to understand maybe the way that I think it's like a selfish reason of like, maybe one day I meet someone else from Hampton, Virginia, and then I can relate to them and we can create a better bond and connection quicker because I understand and I humanize them to a point. And I've just realized from a young age that one, that just brings me fulfillment, which is great, but two, it makes life more enjoyable. Like, uh, and the difference between fulfillment and enjoyment for me is enjoyment is I I can actively tell that you like this conversation too. Fulfillment is like when I go home at the end of the night, I'm like, today was a good day. The enjoyment of it is like in the moment. Are you enjoying that moment? I realized that learning about other people was enjoyable for them to talk about their experiences. And then it left me fulfilled at the end of the night, knowing that people enjoyed spending time with me. So it was, it was a selfish reason it started as when I was younger, that trait, but it grew into it. It's very helpful in business and networking and building communities and stuff like that because you actually care. Just you like act- yeah, you actually you care. Said. And that also goes back to why I feel so fulfilled helping people, lowering the ladder for people who were similar to me and, and helping them rise. So like to answer your question, like what is that? Why? Why do I get fulfillment doing that? It's because it was so impactful to me when other people were helping me in, the, in that way. The same way that someone helped you out by giving you that scholarship, right? It's like, wow, okay, someone helped me in a way far greater than I didn't even know it existed. Like one day it didn't exist. Yeah. The next day, tuition's paid. Like that that's how quick it was in my life. Yeah. And my life changed 
drastically very quickly. Dude, one day I wasn't a videographer, next day I was. <laughs> you know, like one day I wasn't a professional videographer, next day I'm getting paid to take some videos for someone. Like what? Like this is real? That people do this? And like that just hit me so hard. I was like, whoa, this is so cool. I want to do this and I want to be the person who does this for someone else and gives that person that same feeling. And it's just a repetitive process because like it's still how it's just who these people are which is why i can tell you for sure i want to be around these same people growing with these same people learning from other like-minded people who are above me and you know hopefully they can continue elevating me i can continue elevating the next person impacting them so much that they are called to do the same to the next person and it's just kind of being a part of that cycle What's up, guys? I'd like to take a second to thank you for tuning into this episode with John Scotty. I hope you're loving this conversation so far. But before we get back into it, I have an opportunity I want to tell you about. As we all know, life is hard. It can beat you down, have you feeling low, and make it seem like you are alone. I'm here to remind you, though, that the most worthwhile journeys, they are not meant to be taken alone. And right now, you have the ability to take action and join others, including myself, on the mission to make every heartbeat count. Head over to cjfinley.com and sign up for my daily newsletter, where I will be giving you information, impactful stories, tips and tricks, and access to a community who are focused on making an impact above and beyond themselves. You'll also have the perk of exclusive giveaways, potential shout outs, and possibly even some collaborations. The least that will happen is you will walk away into every day with an extra pep in your step. My promise is that I will always do my best to help you thrive on life. And this newsletter is one of the best ways for me to help you do so. So if you're looking to get to the next level of your life, connect with like-minded individuals and have a daily dose of info that will help you thrive, sign up for my newsletter at cjfinley.com. Now let's get back to the convo with John Scotty. At the end of the day, when I ask what was the most fulfilling part of my day, it's I help someone take the next step toward accomplishing their dream their goal you know and oh, even yeah, if it's like that. even if it's like a small like a small little thing like you let me borrow your microphone for a shoot i had yesterday and i'll let someone borrow like a lens or something like that and i'm like man like how dope is that that we just do that no questions asked you didn't know what i was shooting yesterday but you're just like you need it and i got it and i don't need it it's yours i don't know i don't know i don't know what other groups and communities that you can really say that about so i'm super stoked to be a part of this community that that's just like a not a common thing and i want to be just a progression of that I, and it goes back to like the thing that i said about being the change is just like yes there's a lot of negativity in the world now but a lot of people are preaching like there's so much negativity they don't even try to be positive and it's just like the only way to fight darkness is to spread light like everywhere you go, like every single where you go. Yeah. And it's in those little things. Like people think it's the making the money and the flash. And it's like, no, it's then it, it's really literally treating people like you want to be treating. Literally, that's it. Like I'm a growing entrepreneur or a growing videographer, or I have a corporate job and I'm trying to do this thing. How can one I give to somebody else, but then the world has a funny way of working itself back to you. And that's where 
I mean, for me, it's a no brainer when it comes to that. I was just raised that way. Like my, my, my parents and grandparents and like family, we were very much raised to like treat humans as humans and like give when you can give like, and give when you can't give. This is like, we were taught that like, there's people out there that like, you think you have not that much, but like, damn boy, you luck, you lucky. Like that was kind of the thing. Like my, (laughs) my dad made me. I remember like I I played on the club teams and everything growing up and all the kids were getting their cleats paid for. Skateboards was another one. I asked this this guy for so John skateboards. This is a sidebar conversation, but it has a point for everybody out there. Um I asked my dad for like a skateboard, right? My first skateboard. He shows up with a twenty dollar mongoose. <laughs> so for anybody well, else yeah. that doesn't straight know out of Walmart. <laughs> like that's straight Walmart. Yeah. Like and I was pretty good. So like you can't even like I couldn't even use a mongoose skateboard. Now even before the mongoose skateboard, I asked him for a board for Christmas. He shows up with a scooter because my brother wanted a scooter. And this is as an adult now. I'm like, oh, I know why I did this. He couldn't get two different things. Like when you have two sons, like it becomes yeah. a competition. So he just got two scooters because he didn't want to pay for the $150 skateboard. When I look back, he shouldn't have been paying for $150 skateboard. He should have did what he did. And he forced me to realize that like, if I wanted that skateboard, I had to show that I really wanted that skateboard. Like I really wanted that. Cause a lot of kids, I'm with a skateboard, they touch it one time, never ride it again, right? So for me, it was always, I had to bust my ass and make my own money. They got me on a little bank account. So he would be like, can you do this? And I'll, put this much in your account or whatever. But it taught me at a very young age to like work for everything that I want in my life. But then I, they also very much taught like where we came from, not everybody has what you have. Mm -hmm. So it made me think from a really young age about, okay, I have this, but if I have a, you know what a baguette is like Like bread, bread. right? Yeah. Like if I have this big ass baguette, I know that I can't eat this whole thing and it's going to go stale before I eat the whole thing. Yeah. And I'm celiac, I don't eat bread, but it's, a, it's an <laughs> analogy. So I'm just going to give it away until it's all gone, right? Because that's going to spread what the world needs. And yeah. that's kind of like where it started for me. But where did that giving nature come from you? Because we're talking a little bit two different things. Like you want to give the ladder to people, that brings that fulfillment. But I've seen you, like you innately just want to help people, even if it's outside of videography. Yeah. Right. So that's why it's easy to to lower the level of the ladder in the thing that you enjoy every day. But even if there was someone on the street that needed your help, you're the type of guy that's like, what can I do for you type of person? Where did that stem from in your life? That's a great question. And thank you for saying that, by the way. The people. I think that that is a learned behavior based on the people I've been around where they're just generous. They're just very. Who are some of the people you've been around? People here, someone like you, first of all, very generous with your, with your time, very generous with all of your resources. And that's- Before me, go back, let's say 10 years ago when you're younger. Because I can name a few of my, like when I played sports, I could see coaches spend an extra time and yeah. my parents, my mom giving, sacrificing literally her life, like to drive me three hours to a game or things like that. I, I saw yeah. it in little ways that I picked up on. But what about for you? What that look like for you? If I had to go that far back, I would say definitely my mom and my oldest sister. Very generous, very much, very supportive. So that's kind of what got me in that general mindset. And then what kept it going is seeing, first of all, the benefit that you receive, like helping people also helps yourself. Especially around here, it's just kind of like what people do. 
I think that that's really been like the biggest motivating factor is like, if I want to be a part of this community and call myself this like supportive person who thrives on community, thrives on helping people, then this is what I need to do to enable that. And it's just, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good way to just boost your self-esteem, your morale is just like help people. Like it gives you like a little win. I think happiness is really just a combination of like little wins throughout the day. I love that. Happiness is a combination of little wins throughout the day. And usually the best wins are team wins. Like when you do something and go through something with something, somebody else, like even losing sometimes with a team is better than winning when you're alone. Like what's, what <laughs> it, like, so if true. you really think about that, That's like so if I true. think back to my life, I'm like, I would rather like a good instance right now is like, we're, we're building something on the side and we're potentially going to launch courses next year and whatever. And we're all yeah. collaborating. I would rather fail with you guys than make a million dollar company on my own. I feel Cause like it's so much just comes down to the people you're with, whether you're failing, whether you're on the street, whether you're stuck in the rain or whether you're like in a tropical Island vacation, it's just the people you're with. They can make or break it, you know? And like, I, I try to be less susceptible to, other people's vibe and energy like my brother-in-law he has such a strong internal strength that he's like there's nothing that can affect me outside of my family that can make me have a bad day he's like i have it's in my control to have a good day whether you are happy or sad or mad or pissed off whatever that doesn't affect me i want the best for you and i hope that you're good but ultimately me having a good day me being happy comes down to me nothing can affect that unless I let it. So like that's a level of like mental strength and like confidence that I want to work toward. And maybe that's more like of a, you know more eidetic than reality because like yeah everyone gets affected by things. But I mean, well you have hormones in you that affect like literally like in any given moment in any given day the hormones are trying to control how you do. You eat something wrong, your gut can control you. So there's a lot of science behind it, but his theory of it is like you can also the way that I go about it is I might not be able to control my first thought, right? But I can control my second thought. So if my first thought is negative, I can then say, why am I having this negative thought? That's not reality. Boom, I transition. The other thing is you cannot let a thought turn into an action. So if you're feeling down, what's the number one thing you should do? Go do something to help someone else, yeah. right? That positive action, like, man, my life sucks, this or that. Okay, go feed the homeless, yeah. You're really going to gain some perspective like really quickly. And that's kind of like how I've gotten through is just like, that's where uh, leading back to the whole like giving is just like, I remember what it was like to be the entrepreneur that didn't really have that much. And that's what forces me to really continue on this path of giving back to those that might be a little bit earlier on in the process than I am. But it's also like I told you before this, Monday night, I had the opposite effect, like sitting down with one of my mentors and like an hour with him at a dinner, an hour or two, like I learned enough to give to people for like six months. It's, it's absolutely crazy. I'm like, yeah. how do you know all this stuff? Right. Yeah. But it, the one thing we can't be is time. And that's, that's another thing that like the one thing that over the course of time, that is the number one thing that could, if you're listening to this, help you and your life is to do like what John is preaching about is like surround yourself with those people 
and be positive and give, like you can never go wrong with those. Like ever, it'll never, it'll never treat you wrong. Like I try to tell people it's that guaranteed. And and what I want to know from you, honestly, okay. So my goal is to just spend as much time in my life as possible operating at just a high energy level. The more energy you have, the more alive you are. The less energy you have, if you have no energy, you're literally dead. But if you have the highest energy, you're the most alive. People are like, oh my God, I feel so alive. It's because they're super high energy. So I feel like energy is life in that way. And you are one of the, maybe the most that I know personally, energize people consistently. I wanna know how. And that's a good question. You should ask my mom this question. I had a leash as a kid, so it was like I came <laughs> out the womb like just a ball just of running. energy. But it's yeah. not – as I've gotten sick, I married Aaron. I, I've had to look in the mirror and be like, I, I cannot sustain this for my whole life. Um, it's going to put me in the grave. Usually the, the things that are the best of us also have the devil side of it. It it could lead you into places that you don't want to. And before this office – and and everything that we see now, like I was running myself ragged working on startups and businesses and things like that because I, I really enjoyed it. It was like a drug to me, but I was running myself to the ground. Ashani could also answer this because she's seen me do it. And Ashani's one of our summer interns. Shout out Ashani. She's at UT right now getting Love her aerospace Shani. engineering degree. She oh, yeah, is she's killing it. phenomenal. I prime myself. Oh, okay. okay. Every, every time that I'm going into anything. It's a priming. So you saw like right before we got into this podcast, we didn't just jump right into it. There's a reason for that. I'm priming myself for conversations, for knowing a little bit more about you, getting you comfortable, getting in the flow before we even get here. It's always priming. So say I get out of a meeting or we're online on Zoom. You're in COVID right now. So it's like Zoom fatigue is what people get. Well, actually Jake and Ashanami have seen me do this. I start blasting music and pretending I'm like in a club and start screaming and stuff like that. Because yeah. your brain wants you to think, oh, I'm tired, I'm burnt out, I'm this or that. But your body can go, dude, there's people in this world right now that haven't eaten in seven days. Yeah. And they still, still have energy, yeah. right? They're yeah. still working. They're probably working, trying to get food for their family, whatever. I'm very aware of that. So I'm like, when I feel Zoom fatigue or I've had three back-to-back -back meetings, I'm like, what do I need to do to immediately have my brain forget that and wake my body up. Because your body can go a lot further than what your brain will allow it. So I figure out, and this is different for everybody, I figure out a mental trigger and a priming, whatever it is. Like I like to dance and I like music and I like just moving around and stuff yeah. like that. That's what gets me going. So in the morning, one of the reasons why I start off with me meditation and reading, I then run because that primes me for like, the run is the hardest part of my day. Like when I run, it is, I don't like to run when I'm still running, it's harder than anything I go into later that day. So when I get into those things, I'm like so appreciative and it primes me. But then even again, like we're 34 minutes into this podcast, it's going to go an hour. I've been going since seven. Right after this, what do you think I'm going to do? I'm going to turn the music on, get right back in the zone. I'm going to eat a little snack or whatever, get primed, and then I'm going to go smash a workout. And then after that, it's like, okay, I did my workout. What do I need to do to prime myself to show up as best as I can for my wife when I go home? In the car, on the way over, how do I prime myself in this car? Do I need to take it? Some days it's like, I'm real, I'm real riled up, something happened. And I'm like, I need to take a couple deep breaths so I walk in the front door, not what I'm like right now. 
because it's going to set her off and that's not going to be good for any other of us. Or it's the opposite. I'm very low energy and I know that she wants energy from me when I get home. So it's like, all right, CJ, you're low energy. Like take some deep breaths or smack yourself in the face, whatever it is. Mom, imagine, you imagine me driving down the street. Just like, <laughs> you see this guy just smacking himself. Oh my God, but I don't want to go too far that. into that, but that's, that's really that's, what so it is. So it's a conscious effort. Yeah. Because I, I always wonder that, again, going back to my interest in people, I was like, how is this guy so in it? I was like, is he just born that way? Is it natural? Some people are just naturally. I'm also very competitive. So mm. if you ask my friends who really know me, I've always been like, I'm too much for a lot of people. And when I was younger, I would hide a lot of that because I wanted to be liked by everybody. But when I got older, either like me or you don't, I'm not going to slow down my energy because the high vibe people and the people that want to feed off that energy, they're just going to, it's going to continue to grow. And I'm highly competitive. So in my head, I'm always thinking like, oh, you think you're tired? Man, you used to do this and you used to do that. And I'm just like, let's get right (laughs) back into it. I got more people to serve, more things to do. And it's interesting because I don't really follow Tony Robbins that much. I don't follow many people that much besides I'm, I take interest in the people around me, my community, but I learned, I guess he ha, he runs the, he runs his events or whatever. And like in the middle of it, he'll be like, get up and dance and whatever. That's what he's doing to people. Like he's priming them okay. because most of these people, for them to spend a 14 hour day, like they do when they go to his events, like that's like death to them. Like they're going there for something, but he gets these people and that's how he does it. He's like, he gets them through these long ass days by priming them. And then they think when they go back into their, into their world, wow, I really can work really hard and do really, that's why Tony Robbins is so successful. It has nothing yeah. to do with his advice and everything to do when people come to his events, he gives these people this energy and this priming effect. So when they go back into their lives, they believe that they can do it. And this is what Thrive was built on. This is what I've been doing. And like, even with yourself, like as you walk out of this office, that's what it does does to you. It's like you leave the office and you're like, I can do the thing. So I'd love for you to go into the saying no because that's something that you're stepping into. Yeah. And I think a lot of people listening, we all struggle with the saying no. Where is the fine line of that? Because I think when we were talking about priming and giving and always being on and stuff like that, the thing that I've had to step into is – saying no and being like, I'm not going to spend energy on X because I want to give 300,000% to John Scotty on my podcast. So I'm not going to go out the night before. I'm not going to do those things versus I used to not listen to that. So for you, you're kind of in this moment now. What is your advice for people who are kind of in the same boat of like, what do I say yes to? What do I say no to? Clarity makes such a big difference. Understanding that energy is finite. Time is finite. What do you want to focus your energy and time toward? Is it doing the monotonous tasks? No, but that's actually, you know, maybe in the moment, we just talked about how helping other people helps you. And I firmly believe that. But I think, you know, we, we were also kind of talking about this sort of allegory about how you do anything is how you do everything. And if you see a piece of trash on the sidewalk, you should pick it up. But that will make you feel good in the moment. But ultimately, if you're just spending all your time picking up trash, are you really accomplishing the bigger goal? Not really. That actually is taking time away from something that could be a lot more effective. So I'll use myself as an example as a creative entrepreneur, love helping people, love saying yes. I love being part of people's success. And part of how I do that is giving them photo and video content. I'm also trying to build something for myself, a brand and a business that I can use to help elevate other creators. That's really important to me right now. 
So then, you know, it comes to this point where it's like, you know, maybe this person doesn't have a good budget, but they have, you know, they're really dedicated to their cause or their mission or their business and I want to help them. Yes, but so am I. So I need to ask myself, I need to get clear, I need to get clarity on what am I directing my time and energy toward? What's going to have the biggest payoff? Because ultimately, I mean, you know, like we've all been there if you're a creator, like taking those little gigs, like, yeah, you're like, you said yes. And in that moment, that person is so appreciative and they love you and everything. And it makes you feel good. But then you're like, this sucks and I hate it. And I actually regret saying that because literally right now, today, this weekend, and this tells you that I'm still in this. In the thick of it, yeah. Yeah, right. Like I probably overcommitted myself to things that I didn't need to say yes to. Maybe some more entry-level jobs that now that I realized and now that I've talked to you about it, I would have been much better served if I had gotten someone else who was at that level and said, I'm not going to do this for you, client, but what I will do, because I want to help you, is I'm going to find someone else who that amount of money in this job is really impactful to them right now. And they're going to do it. And then I get the satisfaction of like, okay, cool. I did help you. I didn't do the work, but I got someone who you still solved the problem. Right. Yeah. I realize now that that's a much better way to go because if I had done that, then I would be going to Utah this weekend because I got an invitation, literally the dream invitation. If you want to talk about <laughs> clarity, what do I want to do? So this guy, really good friend, really dope creator hit me up. He's like, hey, I got a brand deal for this camera company. They're going to fly me out. They're allowing me to bring one person to help me out. Trip is paid for. Putting us up in a nice hotel. We're going to hike. We're going to spend all day outside. We're going to shoot amazing content. And you're going to get paid for it. Okay. Literally dream come true. But I couldn't because I committed myself to these rat wheel jobs where literally it's not, it's low budget gig and, you know, it's going to help these people. But, you know, ultimately, is it helping me? It's given me the satisfaction of saying, I, I helped someone, sweet. But I think that through clarity and understanding what do I want to dedicate my time and energy toward, that's the direction I need to go. I think I, think I can dissect this a little bit because I think a lot of us, a lot of who we are stems from our childhood and how we grew up and education. And education teaches you, you need 12 years of school to get to college. You need four years of the degree to get the job. So we have a lot of entrepreneurs that try to, they get into entrepreneurship and they don't know entrepreneurship because we've been in this other system where like, John, you are a badass creator. Like you deserve to be shooting for these big ass brands. And that's going to help you help other creatives and do more of what really fulfills you, bring people up the ladder rather than these small gigs that don't allow you to really bring people up the ladder. But the confusing part is we justify in our head. And I've noticed this with myself. It's like, oh, I need to put my time in. I need to do my four years of these little That's gigs a great point. to earn that trip versus like, <laughs> no, the beauty of entrepreneurship is within one day you can get the camera and be the videographer. I don't have to wait for the teacher to give me the grade on the final to tell me that I'm okay enough to do X, Y, Z. That doesn't exist in the real world. Like in my world, it's just like do as many things as you possibly can because like, for instance, the energy, right? You mentioned energy. The more I do more things in one day than most people do in a week. So you can't compare me, and I don't compare myself to other people either. It's all about fulfillment and enjoyment and happiness. You cannot compare me to like my one year in this experience is like five years to most people. Because by the time I wake up and the time I go to bed, the amount of things I've worked on, the amount of people I've talked to, the amount of messages I've sent, the amount of 
different things that come and go in my life is exponentially more than the average person. And that's okay because maybe they just want peace and quiet and the normal life and whatever. I don't. So I have to align my life and what I want with those actions. And one thing that I can definitely give you advice on is belief is everything. You are already at this level that surpasses where you're at. Don't wait for, there's not going to be this like certificate that comes out of the world that says, John Scotty, you're worth X, Y, Z. You have to just go to sleep one night, just like you went to sleep one night and the next day you woke up and you're a videographer. It's, I'm going to sleep this one videographer tonight and I'm waking up a brand new me. And it's up to me, that that's the catch 22. It's up to you in your own head to say that and hold yourself to that. There's no, there's no parents. There's no, there's no one there that can Dude. say, no, John, like you have to eat your dinner before you have your pudding. Like, no, you get to make the choice. Like I want to eat so my pudding true. right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's so true. You made so many good points. I think we do live in a dude. Clarity is the game changer. We live in a society too, that really rewards busyness. Like when I oof. tell people I'm so busy, they say, Oh, good for you. But really I think I would feel so much better for this. Like if I was like, ah, oh, man, I'm so free. Like I'm so able to try. I'm free to travel. Like, yeah, you want to go to Utah this weekend? Book it right now. We're going. But here's the thing. The most successful people in the world, what do they have? Time. The most time to think. Warren Buffett thinks and reads 18 hours out of his 24 hours a day, right? <laughs> yeah. Like he doesn't, like less is more. Shout out to Ranji Polymath. Like yeah. the most successful people didn't get to the point of having time by being busy. They focused on what do I create and what problem do I solve that gets me the free time. I right? think with clarity, because there's being busy and there's being productive. But to be productive, you have to have clarity toward what you're working toward. So I'm, you know, I could be busy running around everywhere and I'm busy, cool. But am I being productive in the sense that am I progressing toward where I ultimately want to be? The first thing that people maybe tend to overlook is where do you want to be? Like you're working, great, but are you running on a rat wheel or are you climbing a ladder? One gets you somewhere and one doesn't. And it's it's like clarity is the game changer because clarity tells you this is where I'm going. So anything that comes my way, love you, want to help you, I'll help you where I can. But ultimately, my time and energy is focused here. And here's a, here's a good thing that you, to, to make it practical for anybody out there starting their own thing, like the rat wheel I see most people get in is like, Say, John, you make 5K last month. The rat wheel that people get in is, how do I do another extra gig next month and make 7K? And then how to do two extra gigs and make 10K? Because they're after, again, when we're in the archaic system of school, it's like, how do I make more money? They think money gets you the freedom, but it's the opposite. It's thinking of the freedom. Actually making more money on one gig gets you the freedom, not more gigs. But most people focus on quantity, not quality, because again, if you go back to the system we were brought up in, I want more followers, I want more fame, I want more, 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 more thrown at me, rather than like the people that have the most actually have the le have the least. Like Steve Jobs showing up to his job every day with a black T-shirt on, and <laughs> yeah. Mark Zuckerberg does the same thing. It's to make less decisions because it makes it allows them to think about what they really want to think about. It gives them the freedom to that. But before we get wrap up in these fifteen minutes. Who was John Scotty before the video camera? Because that's an interesting thing that I I don't I don't know because I didn't know you. But who were you before? Where'd you grow up? How'd you end up? Where'd you go to school? <laughs> like that's 
Thank what you for asking degree me that. did you get? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't talk about that very much. Honestly, because what I do here is just so much more exciting, and I feel like you go in the direction you focus on. You could say this about like the world and our country overall. Is like past is important, but what's ultimately I think more important is like the direction you're going. Like Elon Musk is like, yeah, our past is our past, but like I'm trying to take us to Mars. So like that's my focus right now. And I kind of feel the same way where it's like um, I'm really focused on where I'm headed. But thank you for asking where I come from. And I'll tell you, yeah, very, very suburban upbringing. My dad was a doctor. Mom started out as his office manager and then became a stay-at-home mom. Raised around a bunch of really great siblings and a huge family who I love so dearly. I'm a big family person. Okay, how many siblings? Four. Two of them are half-siblings. Okay. And then my brother, my brother has been dating his now wife all my life. You know, they were, they were dating since I was born. So I thought she was my That's sister. Cool. So I used to say like, <laughs> my brother is dating my sister. So That's but funny. she's basically a sister to me as well. And I was just raised all just, everything was like family. What are we doing as a family? That's what we were doing. It wasn't about me. It was about us as a family. And like my sisters were and are still two of my best friends, the sisters that I grew up with. Because there's That's a wide awesome. age gap between my oldest sister and my brother. But yeah, all my siblings were always like my best friends. And we all went to the same school. Like my sisters were like really popular, like basketball team stars. So like I had it easy. Like I came to school already <laughs> kind of having like a name for myself. So I just kind of rode their wave throughout school. But ultimately, here's my high school experience. My high school experience was realizing I need to make a name for myself. Because although riding the wave of, of JL and Jossie, my sisters, it was like I became identified as their little brother. And as the youngest of five siblings, I became identified as little Johnny. Yeah. And even sometimes when I go back, I'm still kind of stuck in that position where it's like, so my dad's name is John. So people would call me Baby John. <laughs> and when I go back home, people still call me Baby John. <laughs> So it's like, it's like like, a rap name, (laughs) baby John, (laughs) I know, yeah. But so like, that's, that's kind of like, that was my identity growing up. So I think part of the reason why I came to Austin was to find my voice, to find out who I am, you know? So throughout college, it was a good experience, but, but really I was still kind of just, where'd you go to school? Old Dominion University in Norfolk, Norfolk, Virginia. Okay. Great time, great school. But ultimately I was like, you know what? I think I'm realizing that the people who I'm putting myself around are having a really big impact on me. And I was like, the people I'm around over here, like, I don't know if I'm going the direction that I want to go the rest of my life. And I don't know if this area has the, is the best place for me to really propel myself forward. I was like, I don't know if this is the place for me. And how did you pinpoint Austin? My oldest sister, who used to live in Seattle, and I used to say, I'm going to move to Seattle because I had visited there a bunch of times, really loved it there. So... I was like, I'm going to move to Seattle because at least I'll know my sister and her family. She has three kids, two twins who are only five years younger than me. Okay. So I was an uncle at five years old. And they're like very close people in my life. I love her kids. I love that whole family. And I was like, cool, let's go to Seattle and live there. So they ended up moving to Austin while I was in college. And I had visited Austin a few times and I knew that I liked it. And I was like, okay, cool. There's like, there's a cool vibe in Austin. Like I visited my oldest sister, Michelle. I was like, I visited Michelle a couple times and lived with her. And I was like, Austin seems cool. 
And my uh, two of my other sisters had moved here as well. So I was like, okay, that's going to be a smooth transition because I lived in the whole region of where I grew up, Hampton Roads. I'd lived there my whole life. It was all I was exposed to. It was comfortable. It was safe. I got into some great schools all across the country, but I lie to myself and say that the best opportunity for me was ODU. No, yeah. it was because it was like the safest, easiest yeah. option. And I was comfortable there. And I was like, man, I can't be just living this life of comfort and complacency. And uh, it was really like, it was moving here was a big move for like, I guess I could say self-development. And so I made the move uh, after college. And um, is your sister still here? Two of them are here. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, and actually, that actually ties into how I got started as a creator because I was living with my sister when I first moved here. So, me and her youngest daughter were just at the house a lot because, you know, she was young and I didn't know anyone. So, we would just like hang out, me yeah. and my niece. And so, she was like, hey, we should really explore Austin. Austin has amazing restaurants. Let's make a list of all these restaurants we want to try. So we did, and then we would go, and like these really nice restaurants, a lot of times they put a lot of emphasis on the preparation. And it's like, wow, this is a beautiful dish. It's like a work of art. And we would like take pictures of it. And it was right around the time that foodie Instagrams were becoming really popular. And I was like, Ella, we should make like an Instagram. Yeah, and just awesome. like, yeah, just document all of our food, write little reviews, whatever. So she made one, I made one, and I was like, I'm going to call mine Eat My Media. <laughs> and That's uh, cool. yeah, dude, and like, it was like a real thing where, like, just because you post pictures on Instagram, you had this credibility of like, my opinion matters. Like, I'm influencing the restaurants that are trending just based off the picture on my yeah. Instagram. And then restaurants are like inviting you in and saying, we love your page. We love your work. Come in. We want to be featured on your page. And so like that kind of started to grow. And then I was like, I was, I would go to these restaurants because like the page started growing and the content got a little better. And so restaurants were like reaching out. And then what I think made my page stand out was the fact that I included videos because I would go to, I was, I remember I was actually at Easy Tiger on 6th Street, which was actually closed down, but it was a, it's a great location and it has this really cool vibe. And I remember taking a picture of this pretzel and I was like, yeah, this pretzel's good, but I'm not coming here for the pretzel. I'm coming here because this is a really dope atmosphere. And I was like, I want to show that. So I just took a couple of video clips, edited it together on iMovie on my phone, posted that on Instagram and it got a lot of love. And people were like, whoa, I didn't know it had ping pong. I didn't know it had all that downstairs. I was like, yeah, it's, it's dope. It's a cool spot. And I was like, okay, cool. The food's great and the food's amazing, but people can get food anywhere yeah. faster and cheaper. People are going to this establishment because they want the experience. So I was like, okay, cool. Like I want to show the dining experience, not just the food. And the better way to do that is through video. And then it, start, it kind of like started to pick up and I was like, oh, this is cool. People like this. I want to get better at this. So then I, I didn't use my phone. I used like a camera and like I would I would like DM like the restaurant and be like, can I, can you let me in the kitchen? And, I, <laughs> and I was so stoked that people would actually let me do the video for free. Like I wasn't charging. I just wanted yeah. the content. But ultimately it was just like, I look at that as like my, my tuition to get into this game. Man, so that, <laughs> you hit a home on a point. 
so my mentor, like he failed like six startups and his seventh one did really well. And yeah. that's went off, was super successful. And now fortunate enough, he read one of my blogs on LinkedIn one day and now we have a relationship. And he told me, because I, I told him about the struggles and he's just like, man, you're just paying tuition. He's like, the one thing that they don't tell you is entrepreneurship has tuition just like school is. He's like, this is, so I tell this to a lot of my clients. I'm like, how much did you pay for school, John? 25, maybe $30,000. $30,000. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. You paid $30,000 for no guarantee for a piece of paper for four years of your life. For what? Really in the, in the long-term scheme of things. Right. But I asked you to put 30 grand into your business and people look at me like, oh my God, I could never spend that much money. Like that's so much money on my business, on this, on that. And I'm just like, you already paid it. You went to school. Like you're just paying tuition. It's the same thing. The cool thing about the 30K you spend on the business, you could, the business is to make more money. School, you spend the 30K, it doesn't guarantee you money. Like, yeah. it doesn't, like you're then hustling to get a job to then pay off your debt <laughs> like, <laughs> rather than so starting true. a business that you can actually make money off of. So it's crazy that you said that. So interesting. And yeah, we're just told that like, this is what you do. Yeah, and yeah. the history of your life is kind of hits home with me too. I was on the opposite though. My brother was kind of in my shadow. So like I, like I was a senior when he was a freshman. And, uh, like I was the captain of the team and a socialite and partied and all this stuff. And it's funny that you moved out to find yourself. The one thing I told him, like when I left New Jersey, he doesn't listen to me to much raw, like my whole, all the males in my family are pretty stubborn, which is a good thing and a bad thing on different days. Um, but he wants to live his life and do life his way. And I respect the hell out of that. But I told him though, I was like, if, if, if there's one thing that you listen to me ever about get the hell out of new jersey there's so much more to see and there's so many more people to meet than in this one spot i was like you can always come back but you have this one chance in your 20s to just go do whatever move away do whatever and you're going to learn so much about yourself and like who you want to be just by leaving this place where people are telling you who to be and it was cool because one like one year after he graduated, he, he ended up leaving. So he lives in North Carolina now, and I think my parents are moving down there now too because both their kids are out. It's it's cool to hear you tell that story because it hits home from the opposite side because I never really asked him about it. Like I just knew like because he's my brother. I knew it. Like I, I tried to take the pressure off him. Like don't go to school and get the same degree as me. Like don't don't follow me. Like do your own thing. And to his point, like I look up to him because he was always better at doing his own thing than really I was because I was the first one trying different things. So I was trying to fit in because I didn't have, I didn't have the older brother to like hang out with. So I would just like do different things to hang out with people versus he was kind of in the shadow. So he had to, he had to create himself. So he was much better at creating himself at a younger age than I was. And it really inspired me. Um, and it's something that's cool as weddings coming up. I actually want, that's one of the things this might drop like around that time. Oh, so yeah. it's one of the things I want to talk about in the, the best man speech is like, that's what inspired me from him is that when I moved away, a lot of it was about finding myself because I didn't have the older brother to really hang out with or look up to. And I would mold myself to be with other, with other people. And I finally got to a point where it's like, I can't do this anymore. Like I need, I need me. Like who is me? What is my my thing? What do I love? And until I moved to New York by myself, kind of, um, that's when I started asking these questions. And then I ended up moving to Nashville and Houston and whatever. So that story hits home a lot with me. And I think it'll hit home with a lot of people that are potentially listening to this because yeah. 
I think the twenties, like you're in your mid twenties and I'm almost out of the twenties is you're at the right point where people, before we got on here, just try as much as you can, like try as much as you can and find yourself. Because even when you like, I'm looking at 30 in January, Warren Buffett, it's in his nineties. And I was just like, man, that's 60 more years. That's he's lived two more of my lives and I'm about to live a life to 30. And I'm like, damn, this is long. Like if you make it to there, like that's long. You can be anything you want to be multiple times over. And that's another thing when I, I want to reflect back on the the entrepreneur versus practitioner statement. You can be both. Like I want to clarify for whoever's listening, still listening. You can be both. So you're the practitioner now but maybe you grow into the entrepreneur because you want to manage people and you have stuff to give. And I think a lot of people, I see a lot, a lot of you and me where at 24, I was that practicing. Like there was no Hamza. There was no, there's no one around me. Like I was doing my thing. I was practicing, 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 practicing. And now as I go into my thirties, my goal is to help people that are in their early twenties, practice, 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 practice. And I shift the level up. So I think that's the awareness that we get when we get a little bit older is that like you can be both. And then I also can, this company, maybe Hamza takes it over and then he becomes the spot that I'm in now. And then I go back to practicing, being the practitioner and just doing my thing. Like, so whoever knows where that's going to go, I just want to, I wanted to clarify that because there's no right or wrong way. And you said it earlier, but I do want to be both because I do enjoy the creation like taking the videos creating something out of just these visions that you see in your head that you capture on a camera that you upload to a computer that you edit together into a completed project like that's an amazing process and i want to be doing that for as long as i can and i want to use that as a tool to implement the entrepreneurship side where i'm helping other people do the same showing them how to do it saying hey i have this project that i am doing myself do you want to help out? Do you want to be involved? Do you want to assist? I'll pay you. I'll give you work. I'm going to pay you to be involved in a creative project just like I would get paid to be involved in other people's creative projects and just keep the cycle going and just keep the scale elevating. Because right now it's maybe shoots around Austin. They're fun. They're cool. But next, maybe there's travel. Yeah. Maybe there's, there's big renowned brands involved. So, um, it's not maybe, dude, it's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what we're going to get into. We're going to end with, I always end with, uh, two questions. The first one is your moonshot goal. Like what is, and again, it, it can be vague. It can just be like, you already touched on what you love. The moonshot goal is where do you want to go in the next 30, 40, 50 years? What's your, what's your legacy? The reason that I asked this question is potentially somebody out there right now could help you get closer to that moonshot a lot faster. So that's why I ask. That's a great question. My moonshot goal, at least right now, I will say is, I really want to say continuing what I'm doing, just continuing to to grow and elevate. I still, in so many ways, feel like the student still. And I still sometimes can feel like the kid who's like bright-eyed, eager to learn, you know, can I, can I change your lens? Can I hold up a reflector? I still feel like that. And I still do that because there's still so much to learn. And I'm just a perpetual learner. And so that's where I feel like I, I, I really develop is just being the one who has the most to learn. So 
I think I would say I, in, in 30 years, I want to still be learning, but also teaching on a bigger scale. So I, to answer your question, like if there's anything that I can offer or request people, it's like, hit me up and whether I can help you or you can help me or you can assist me or I can assist you, let's just keep building this community and help each other grow. Whether it's you wanting to assist me on a shoot or whether it's you needing an assistant on a shoot, we do this for the people. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is, this, I, I, I'm in this. Like, I feel like I am, I'm just a, I'm just a player on the team. And I feel like I'll always be that way, hopefully a leader. But I just want to continue this process that I'm already in, just helping people grow and other people helping me grow. Um, so any way I can be of service, whether it's teaching or learning, helping or providing help, that's what I want to do. Heck yeah, that's a hell of an answer. And you're already a leader, man. Like <laughs> just being on here, voicing, voice, putting that out into the world. Like Thank you. that's, you're going to go amazing places and bring other people along with you. So it's super cool to see. And the last question that I ask is, who is your, your perfect client or candidate to work with? Meaning you're kind of a double-edged question because you can have assistance and stuff like that. So I'll make it a two-part. What type of projects are you looking to, let's say we're going into 2021, like what type of projects are you looking to work on that fuel your fire? Because maybe someone out there listening has a friend, a family, or they actually um, are in the industry and need some creative help. And then the second part of the question is who should reach out to you if they want to assist you on those projects? Like what type of person? What I'm really focused on now, because we were talking about the trends of media and content and how we're kind of getting out of the most recent trend that was more along the lines of like hype and people were realizing Instagram is like the most dominant content platform. So let's make content optimized for that. It's got to, people's attention spans are short. You got to hit them with the effects and the transitions and the flares and the hype and the wow factor. But we're getting to a point now where if that's all you can offer, like I've seen it a million times. Yeah, I've seen that transition. I've seen that effect. Cool. You added a little glitch. Dope. Looks cool. Looks like a music video. But I don't care anymore. Like yeah. what else is there? If there's no story behind the content, then it's just, it's meaningless. It's forgotten. It gets forgotten. So what I want to do is do something more. I want to start creating short films the same way that I would create like a 30 second hype video. I want to create like a short film for the same exact reason. So like, you know, we talked about Fias Rana, prep to your door, amazing meal delivery service. Like I want to start thinking, how can I take this jar? And whereas I used to take the jar and be like, okay, now throw it in the air. And then I'm going to do this effect where like you throw up one jar and you catch another jar. And then I'm going to do like a fire thing. And it's going to be really, really cool. And yeah. now I'm like, okay, how do I promote this jar and this meal and send a message about the company? But in like a, a longer, more written out. How do you give narrative. someone a feeling from that jar? Yeah. Rather than it grab attention. How do you tell a story? Because like, there's a lot of story with a lot of companies, and I think now we're talking about content trends. That's what people want to see now is like the story behind the brand. It's like, yeah, the hype is cool, but I want to know more about why I should give this brand my money and attention over this brand. And you, you both look cool. 
but which one has the story that I gravitate more to? So I think it's more narrative, story-driven, maybe longer, longer than like a typical 30-second video, but like I want to do something very well planned out because I really love writing too. So I want to really like sit down, dedicate the time to writing out more meaningful, timeless pieces of story, not content. And then also incorporating brands into it. I love Vans. I love Herschel. I love Brixton. So something like that. I love working with like lifestyle brands that are about freedom and adventure and like skateboarding. I really gravitate toward those kind of brands. So maybe a brand deal with one of those brands would be really cool. Be awesome. That would be super awesome. And I could have a lot of fun with that. And Austin is a, a prime demographic for those companies. So hit me up. It's got to happen. We're putting it in action right now. Yes, we are. This is it. Speak it, believe it, achieve it. You always drop these bombs. <laughs> That's how it works, man. I love it, dude. I love it. I love that. And um, people who can hit me up is literally anyone in the creative industry. Whether you want to shoot, whether you have a question, whether you just want to hang out, and also if I can help you, if I can assist you, hit me up. Because I am, I will always be the student and the teacher equally. I have a lot to learn, but a lot I can teach. So... Any way I can be of service to do either one of those things, uh, my DMs are open. I love that. Speaking of, where can they reach you at? Yeah, follow me on Instagram. I'm I'm very active on Instagram at John Scotty underscore J O N S C O T T Y underscore. Also, check out my foodie page, Eat My Media, all one word. Uh, I have a few portfolio projects on my like creative Instagram, figurative media, all one word. If you hit me up on one of those platforms. I'll get back to you. Oh, yeah. I love that. And I love how you ended that because I was in with the biggest takeaway, which I'll get into. You have any final parting words to our audience? If you're anything like me, then you're going to value clarity a lot more than you realize. Because when you start to ask the questions like the ones you ask me, it reveals something that I haven't even asked myself. When you ask me, where do you see yourself in 30 years, even 10 years, even five years, you know, I need to have a good answer. And when you say like, make every heartbeat count because your energy is finite. So what are you working toward? What's taking you from being busy to being productive? I need to have a good answer for that because that is what really matters. Because I mean, today I'm working instead of traveling to Utah but tomorrow, like, what am I really sacrificing? Am I sacrificing something that's really going to be fulfilling for just this facade of fulfillment where I get to say, I help people. I'm a good person. You know, I think clarity is what really answers that question. So I think the biggest takeaway for me is get clear on what you want to use your time and energy to get you toward. I love that. And even me, like, I ask you those questions because I'm looking for the answer myself. Like, I, no matter how old we get, you still are refining the questions and the answers and whatever. I only have a general rough guess of what I think I want. It could change on a dime. Just like every, like, again, like things happen in life and you could change. You can move to awesome really quickly and change your life completely. And that's one of the things I want to inspire. But it's super important, just like you said, to actually at least have a general roadmap of where you want to go so that you know you're on the right road. Like if you're working really hard for the wrong thing, 
it's not going to get you anywhere. It's you're not going to feel fulfilled when you get that pot of gold if the journey you didn't like the journey. And the the way that we like the journey is again, like we said, with that bus with the people and, that we love and the only way we define if that journey is going to be amazing is if we define what amazing is to us. That's that clarity that you need to find. And my biggest takeaway, first off, thank you so much for this conversation. A lot, super enlightening. And I, uh, I'm glad that I learned a lot more about John Scotty beyond photography and videography because I get to see that all the time and it's amazing. Um, and I look forward to our conversation next year when I have you back on when you have one of these brain gigs and you're flying to Utah, whatever. <laughs> Um, Heck yeah. but the biggest takeaway for me is something that you hit on that I love to tell other people and that you are always the teacher and the student, no matter what age you are. And right now, I don't care whether you're 14 or you're 94, you have something to learn and you have something to teach. So one of the things that I was teaching Hamza when he was a freshman in college, I was like, well, there's seniors in high school right now that would really love to be in the position that you're in. If you really want to be an entrepreneur, it's about solving problems and being valuable. Go be valuable to people younger than you. Hang around me to learn. I'll teach you. I'll provide value to people younger than me. And then I'll go hang out with people that can mentor me and I can learn from. People with families, people with pro real problems in the world. Because we think we have problems in our 20s, but man, it gets tougher and tougher as you get older and you have family and you have your parents can get ill. And there's so much more that gets thrown on you the older you get. Um, but that's what helps you get wiser. And one of the things that I think that I've grown to have the most wisdom in is realizing that in any given moment, you can teach and you can learn. And I love, love, love that you ended on that, Mark. And it's the thing that I want to leave this episode with, because if you're listening to this out there, I want you to think about in one area of your life right now, what is something that you can go teach somebody else that's going to make their life better because it's free. It is literally free to give people the tools and information they need to take one step further in their life. And I guarantee you this is going to make you feel way better than money ever will make you feel. So go do that. Do that for me and John here. And I appreciate you guys listening. As always, this is CJ Finley with the Thrive on Life podcast. Thrive on y'all. What's up, y'all? This is CJ again. And on behalf of our small team at Thrive on Life, I'd like to thank you for listening to one of our episodes. Our mission in life is to help people like you fuel your passion and make every heartbeat count. And we realize the best way to do this is together as a team. So we'd love for you to join in on this mission and connect with like-minded individuals within our Thrive on Life community. To do so, please head to thriveonlife.com and join our Mighty Network. In this network, you will find a diverse group of people that is on a mission of self-improvement and honing the mentality to get 1% better each and every day. Within each improvement we make as individuals, we can then be of service to this world and help it get better as a whole. What's awesome is we've already had people make new friends, receive job offers, and collaborate on new business and creative opportunities. But most importantly, within this group, you will be guaranteed the ability to learn, grow, and share experiences with other like-minded individuals. I know the community would love to connect with you. Before I sign off though, I'd like for you to always remember one thing. When we strive together, we thrive together. So please do your part in helping others thrive on life.